uh, president and CEO of Greater Mankato Growth. They've called this this morning uh, starting at 1030. So we will uh, let you know after we talk with Al. So I'm going to get our um, history lesson and then we'll get Al on the phone. But uh, it is 10 o'clock. I got to let you know you're listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin online at kmsu.org, broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real-world thinking. Al, coming up. Welcome to MN90, Minnesota history in 90 seconds. Seth Eastman was a soldier and an artist who built his military and artistic careers in Minnesota, first in the 1830s when he was stationed at Fort Snelling, and again in the 1840s when he returned as the fort's commandant. Eastman painted hundreds of works while in Minnesota, mostly small watercolors depicting the local Dakota and Ojibwe tribes going about their daily lives, cooking, fishing, taking care of their children. Art curator Brian Zott says Eastman's unvarnished and unromanticized depictions of American Indian life is his greatest contribution to history. He saw himself really as an ethnographer, and because of his accuracy and attention to detail, we can learn Native American practices and cultural artifacts related to their way of life in the 1840s. Zott says Eastman, who was white, is viewed with some ambivalence by today's American Indians. After all, as a soldier, Eastman represented the state and the expansion of white settlers. He wears two hats. The Native American community recognizes his role in both his contribution to uh, recording American way of life and his contribution to changing Native American way of life. MN90 is a co-production of the Minnesota Historical Society and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, made possible by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund, online at mn90.org. And good morning. Joining me now from somewhere near Heartland, it's two minutes past ten, and it is Al Bat. Al, you there? I am here. I'm thrilled the phone worked this morning, so we are going to be able to chat with you. It's a, a wonderful, wonderful thing, and it, it was not Marvelous Marv, probably? No, it, he hasn't been here yet, so that's why I'm crossing my f- fingers <laughs> that it doesn't disappear on us. Um, I don't know. I think I got lucky this morning. I know line one doesn't he goes work. In, yeah. He goes into hibernation like a woodchuck, apparently, when winter <laughs> hits, and, and more power to him. If he can do that, you know, I think it'd be a, a pretty good life. It, it's, uh, I went for a little bit of a walk outside this morning, and it, it is uh, very, very nice. I should have got out my Arizona's for Wimps t-shirt, and uh, that just warms you wearing that. But I took a lovely walk, and every walk is filled with wonder and discovery. So it's just great being out there. I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas and the, the, just the happiest of New Year's. Uh, time just, uh, boy, goes by so fast when you're uh, rushing here and there, it seems, for everyone. And uh, appreciate everybody that uh, did the... Uh, did those kind of things, you know, to help other people out during the Christmas, maybe have a meal for somebody without a family or visiting somebody who's in a care center of some kind and uh, all the, the policemen and firemen and ambulance folks that are out there working to keep us all going. So, boy, just I try to be really thankful for those folks all year, but especially at this time of year. I spoke at the Albert Lee Seed House, which is it's a wonderful place, and I, I, I told the, there was a great crowd, and I 
told them about why the chickadee was my favorite bird and and I got them to tell a bit of stories about themselves and their birds and and uh, their encounters with nature and as I listened to the stories of others my wife shopped for Christmas gifts there so I <laughs> bloviated while she bought things so it was a uh, we uh, got two things done at once there you let her spend Thanks money and it. you spend money and, and you just talk <laughs> I like that that's yeah. It was, and I had no clue. You know, I mean, I knew she had packages, but at that time of year, there's there's always packages of some kind being carried around. John Leininger, uh, John lives in Albert Lee, and he informed me of some bad bird behavior. It was demonstrated by wild turkeys in his neighborhood. He lives right on the edge of Albert Lee out by the YMCA out in that area, and the birds have been acting aggressively towards humans. So he said he was out there and he whacked one with his cane because there's three young jakes, and he said they just come after him. And he's worried that they might, uh, John likes birds, but he's just worried there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood. So I told him, uh, I gave him some numbers to call not only the police, but uh, the game warden in the area here. I don't know what you'd do to them because they just, uh, they get something in their mind that uh, they probably feel that John is one above them in the pecking order order and they're looking at him and if john was walking with a cane they're thinking you know i think we could take this guy now and he said i he said i hit it i thought i hit it too hard and it didn't seem to phase it at all so speaking of birds hitting i was going to ask you about speaking about birds hitting too hard i sent you a note about an experience we had i think it was last week when we were sitting in our our family room and the tv was on and all of a sudden i heard this big bang and it made me just shoot up almost off the couch and wondering if somebody had shot at the house or there was an explosion and i couldn't figure out and my son grant of course he's observant he said mom it's a bird it it hit the window and sure enough i looked down in the snow and in there was a little bit of snow still that hadn't melted around there and and there was upside down a little cedar wax wing and so he was kind of moving, and I thought, oh, no, he's, he's dying. So I thought, well, I better go out. What would Al do? Al would say to go out and get it and warm it up or or something. So I went outside, and I was going to try to pick it up and warm it up because I, of course, Googled it quickly. What should I do? And it said sometimes the, the most likely reason that a bird that hits a window if it isn't from the impact, it might be from hypothermia. So I went out there and it was uh, a cognizant enough that it, it kind of hopped away, couldn't fly, but it kind of hopped away. So I couldn't get it. And then I went back in and Googled again and I said, try to try to warm it up if you can. So, And I saw it and its little beak was kind of smooshed a little bit. And so I felt pretty bad. Went back out and I, I got my son's butterfly <laughs> net and was going to try to net it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, of course, I missed. And it hopped up in the mulberry tree amongst the, the thick branches. So I thought, well, at least it's protected a little there. So was that the right thing to do? And do you think it'll be okay? Al? Oh, dear. Um, maybe Al hung up. Hello? That's what happens when you talk to Al and he doesn't want to listen. He just... Well, we may be having those phone problems again, so let's uh, try to get Al bat back and hope things work better. I've placed all my 
eggs in one basket so many times before. They've been scrambled, boiled, and fried, even dropped upon the floor. I found out in the long run, it's a poor hole that's got one rat. Life's a hard road to hold. I'm a hard nut to crack. You ask me for commitment, but you don't understand that two in the bush is better than one in the hand. That's the way the cookie crumbles Don't bite the hand that feeds you Put your money where your mouth is Don't let my cat get your tongue Don't look a gift toss in the mouth Don't count your chicks Well, Al, uh, you, you could hear me and all of a sudden you dropped out again so maybe the phone isn't really fixed yet. But go ahead and, and, and uh, I don't know if you heard my story about my little cedar... I did. Okay, so what's the deal on that? Yeah, cedar waxwings are such beautiful birds. I had 14 of them uh, that I saw on the Christmas bird count in Albert Lee here the other day, and I was just, uh, I, every time I see one, I just say, oh, what an incredibly beautiful bird. Um, they don't come to feeders to eat anything, so there really isn't probably much of anything we can put out for food. It, the best thing, if we can capture the bird, in, if if we're going to capture an injured bird, we want to be able to do it without doing them further harm. We right. don't want to, you know, just chase them out in the middle of the street so they get hit by the the UPS truck or something. We we want to be good to them. But if we can get them in a box, a uh, shoebox or something, uh, put some uh, maybe paper towels on the bottom of it so they have a little traction for their feet, and then just sit it in a dark um, place, corner where it's quiet, and then uh, let them go and see if they fly. And they won't all be able to fly, sadly, but that's probably the best thing. But that's in a perfect situation. And I realize I, I've had an injured house sparrow here with a bad wing, but, you know, he's out there on that ice. I've tried to catch him. He's got better traction on that ice than I do. I, I can't catch him. And I know some folks will say, well, it's just a house sparrow, but yeah, he's a he's a cute little fella, you know, and and um, I haven't seen him today, so maybe uh, something, you know, they just fall prey to predators. It's like a uh, special for them to have an injured bird. So uh, you did good, and uh, well, now just, the fact uh, that he smushed his little beak a little bit is that going to harm him? And he did was able to hop up to the top of the tree. So I, I mean, I'm hoping that that was a good sign. He wasn't too injured. Yeah, I hope so. And if they've damaged their beak, it certainly creates problems. The nice thing is the weather's been awfully uh, pleasant. Uh, we had uh, Chickadee here one day who, uh, oh, we had him more than one day. We had him for quite a while, but he, he had a, um, his beak had formed incorrectly. So mm. the one half of the beak had grown oh, five, six times longer than the bottom half. So it just hooked over the top. But yet I'd watch him coming into feeders, and he was it was certainly a, a great difficulty that he ate. But he was able to get food down, and I was just, I just, uh, you know, you send out a little hope for him and say, boy, you know, I just hope you have a good day, Jickety. So, and I guess sometimes that's, you know, all we can do. We're just, uh, we're, uh, every uh, species is limited in very many ways, and uh, humans are no exception to that. So we haven't found an app yet that can help things like that. Maybe one day they'll be able to just uh, 
punching app, and it'll help an injured bird. Well, you mentioned that the the uh, black or the um, red cedar uh, wax wings don't eat at the feeder because that was my next thing I did. Is I put food in the feeder, thinking, oh well, if it's you know even if he's injured, at least he'll be able to get some food. Well, what do they eat then, or where, what can you do? They eat uh, insects and berries. So this oh. time of year, they'll be feeding on berries and uh, small fruits and they uh there's a cemetery and i'm going to forget the name of it and i know there's a couple birders listening or saying the name of it already (laughs) it's a large cemetery in mankato and i've gone birding there a number of times and it's the best place i've found in mankato to find cedar wax wings they just like it there there's a lot of food for them and uh it's uh, oh i can't we just saw hundreds of them there one year which was which was really cool uh, Lauren Kaiser. Lauren's from Albert Lee, and he takes care of our Albert Lee Audubon Preserve. Uh, Albert Lee Audubon has a uh, has 12 or 14 acres right in the middle of Albert Lee. And he put up a trail camera, and he was letting me know. He said, uh, you know, every night he sees these things, a deer, a raccoon, a skunk, and a possum. He said, without fail, those are uh, the regulars on that TV show. So, uh, Janine Vorland of Blooming Prairie and Debbie Sorensen of Albert Lee saw American White Pelicans in Albert Lee Lake. It, it, yeah, we had seven of them on the Christmas bird count, and they don't appear to be injured. Why they're here, I I don't have a clue. And there went Al again. Uh, well, we'll bring him back. I'm falling, I'm falling. again al bat they they put a governor on me so i can only talk so much my wife has <laughs> dreamed of such things so uh, dave and deb vetter said they saw a flock of robins at casota prairie and they were wondering is it early spring or is it normal uh, it's kind of normal on the christmas bird count in uh, albert lee again we had no robins this year but typically what it means, if you see them, it means that there's food and water available. So they will, uh, we will see them this time of year. I know Chad Hines, I don't know if the Mankato bird count had any robins or not. They had 27 observers accounted 43 species on this Christmas bird count this year. There were Carolina wrens at Rasmussen Woods that are in it's a wonderful place in Mankato. They had Harris's, white-throated song sparrows, brown-headed cowbird, Eurasian collared dove, golden-crowned kinglets, and a Crider's red-tailed hawk. So he said other than the Carolina wrens, there's common red poles and song sparrows at Rasmussen Woods, hermit thrushes along Thompson Ravine Road, pine siskins everywhere, short-eared owl by Perch Lake, red-wing and yellow-headed blackbird north of Minnesota Lake, 
Brown-headed cowbird and common grackle in Mankato on 3rd Avenue. A trumpeter swan in Mankato. Golden crown kinglet at Bethany. Purple finches here and there. And um, there was a snowy owl. We didn't have any snowy owls on our Christmas bird counts this year, but there's one. Gene Bauer saw one in... uh, near near strand uh south of near strand in uh, rice county so i know a lot of folks uh, a couple listeners want to get a photo of a snowy owl and boy we just don't have a lot to uh to offer yet so uh, whether they'll be coming or not each year is different for them but i'm sure we will get some more in uh, albert lee's christmas bird count uh, we had 44 species uh i don't know if we we had golden crown kinglets uh, we had the cedar waxwings, which are always cool. The number one species that we saw more of than anybody else was the uh, house sparrow, and second was a rock pigeon, so no surprise on any of those. Had a rough-legged hawk, one of those, a great horned owl and a barred owl. And, again, no robins. Uh, six brown creepers. We saw more, uh, way more wild turkeys than pheasants. We had more Eurasian collared doves than a rock pigeon. Uh, the Nye Center uh, by Henderson on uh, January 17th is having a Blue Zone thing for it's their senior learning series. So if anybody's interested in one of those, they have all kinds of wonderful programs. Give them a call at 357-8580. Uh, Jake Loper of Albert Lee, Peggy Swenson of Albert Lee, Joel Penny of Keister all saw pileated woodpeckers. Uh, Jim Johnson of Heartland is hearing great horned owls and coyotes. Cheryl Overland of Albert Lee saw a barred owl at her feeders. Uh, Lee Peterson said she saw a bald eagle eating a raccoon. And I have eaten raccoon, folks. I, I don't. I wish I could say something good about it. But uh, Miss Lona had a red-breasted nuthatch in her yard. So it's always always neat to see those. Uh, I just love those little guys. They. Uh, they just, they cheer me whenever I see one. They, there's something about them. I uh, I like possums, and I've mentioned this before. Researchers, I read a study on possums. Researchers have discovered that possums or opossums, if you're of that bent, have impressive memories when it comes to food. Uh, possums were found to be better at remembering food locations than were cats, dogs, pigs, or rats. And I know a lot of people look at possums and go, oh, it's probably got rabies. Any mammal can get rabies, but the chance of finding rabies in a possum is extremely slim, the experts tell me. So um, I just got a a text from somebody. In one show I mentioned I kicked a skunk when I was barefooted, which, um, you know, and, yeah, they said, uh, did you really kick a skunk? Gunk when you were barefooted? Um, yes. And what were you thinking uh, is my question. Not, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not that stupid. I thought it was a large. Well, I uh, tell you, we are losing Albat again. I am so sorry. It's uh, really frustrating for both of us as a listener and especially as a host when you're listening. He's telling a great story, the great skunk story. So uh, we'll be back with the great skunk story. I'm falling, I'm falling, falling in love with you. Baby, 
And so you kicked the skunk, and then what happened? I, I, you know, I'm not that stupid. I kicked the skunk because I thought it was a large rock. Oh, jeez. So it, it was actually, it, was, it had a baby chick, and uh, one oh. of the chicks that we were raising. So I wanted to uh, ride in like the cavalry, and all I had was a barefoot, so that's what I used, and gave the skunk a boot, and he spit the chick out, and the, the chick lived a good life. So mm-hmm. it was a... It was a, a good story. You know, there's talk about a Hallmark movie being made of that, but uh, <laughs> we're still waiting. I uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, they, you know, uh, somewhere has put a, a timer on how long I talk, and, I, I, and I'm okay with that, and I'm sorry if it's... Uh, it's irritating to anybody. It's just one of those things in life. I hope you will come to the cafe today where the food chain is missing a few links. As special as always, the Heimlich Maneuver and gravy is considered a beverage. And now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. My brother-in-law, Doug Bushlock, and I discussed the gifts to the taste buds provided by pickled asparagus, pickled eggs, and pickled pig's feet. I expressed the opinion that the greatest disappointment in the pickle realm is when one mistakes a sweet pickle in disguise for a dill pickle. I seldom expect the unexpected when eating pickles, and when that happens to me, I yell like El Pacino. I flash back to a day when I was having lunch with my father at Vivian's Cafe. The worst food I ever had there was wonderful. The soup of the day was a creamed version of yesterday's soup of the day, and I sampled a sliced pickle hoping it was dill and not a sweet one disguised as a pickle. Sweet pickles made me say, ish, (laughs) it was dill. It was good. I had to share both my happiness and relief with someone. I saw Bud Wilhelm. He worked with my brother Donald, and his daughter was in my grade school class. Hi, Bud, I said all friendly-like, and my father nearly spit out his beef commercial. Don't call him that, he whispered, much too loud to my thinking. Doesn't he like his name, I asked. My father gave me a look as if I had ticked on his tack toe and said to someone your age, he's Mr. Wilhelm. You know, he's still Mr. Wilhelm. Uh, folks, remember Heartland is while we're driving past. Uh, thanks for listening. And everybody, do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Karen, thanks. It was uh, missed talking to you for a couple weeks, so it was good to hear your, your voice over the phone line and not just on the radio. And, and you know, the first thing i got to do is call and get Marvin here to fix our phone system because obviously it just doesn't, it just keeps rejecting you, Al, and I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, and folks that are listening probably don't. I'm speaking, and then it goes beep, 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 and then I'm gone. And we don't hear the beep, 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 so maybe there's a a secret timer set when, you know, 10 o'clock when we're calling Al Bat and you just disappear. I don't know, but uh, we apologize for that, and let's get it fixed, and and, um, we'll have to take out the secret little systems in there that that say don't talk to Al Bat or something. And everybody, thanks for listening to KMSU. Uh, man, I appreciate you more than I could ever say. Yes, and thanks for your patience. Hey, Al, have a great week. We'll talk to you again and hopefully not be interrupted. Life will be perfect. All right, thank you. Bye-bye.